This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who is retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today, it's time to talk about the fact that it takes courage to fight insurance fraud. The legislatures of the various states, the United States Congress, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, the National Insurance Crime Bureau, the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, and insurance industry groups have finally decided that the war against insurance fraud is worth fighting. Until the states the local police agencies, the district's attorneys, the United States attorneys, and the attorneys general of the various states join in the battle. It will be fought to a stalemate. The insurance industry cannot successfully fight insurance fraud alone, regardless of the number of statutes and regulations enacted trying to compel the insurance industry to fight insurance fraud. Insurance industry sources estimate insurance fraud from lows of $80 billion to highs of $300 billion a year, regardless of which, if any estimate is accurate, the amount of money going to insurance criminals is staggering and approaches no less than 3 to 10% of the premium collected. Every two weeks, Zalma's insurance fraud letter publishes lists of convictions. The major volume of such convictions deal with Medicare and Medicaid fraud. Basic property and casualty fraud convictions are seldom described, except when the perpetrator confesses or pleads guilty. Few go to trial. The U.S. government, since it funds Medicare and Medicaid, has a greater interest in prosecuting crimes against those entities and does not require those operating the Medicare and Medicaid insurance programs to do the investigation. They allow it to be done by the FBI, the Health and Human Services, and other governmental prosecutorial agencies and are eventually prosecuted by U.S. attorneys. I have a proposal since insurance fraud is not a local problem. It is a depletion of the wealth of the entire country. The lawyer for the Department of Insurance of each state is the state attorney general. A special unit could be established in the office of the attorney general, funded with the monies taken from the insurance industry to support the war against insurance fraud, that is now parceled out in small proportions to various police agencies and local prosecutors. 
the unit should be given a simple mandate. File and prosecute every insurance fraud brought to the unit by the Fraud Division or Fraud Bureau of the State Department of Insurance that the prosecutor believes has a better than 50% chance of success. The unit should not concentrate its efforts on major insurance frauds. Those can best be prosecuted by major fraud units already existing in the district attorney's offices and in the offices of the U.S. attorney. The state's unit should concentrate on prosecuting everyday insurance fraud, the frauds of opportunity that take 90% of the money paid to fraud perpetrators in the range of five to $50,000. Single counts should be prosecuted when prosecutors file multiple charges against individual defendants. The case becomes a major action requiring a great deal of time to prosecute. Judges and juries do not want to be involved in a prosecution that takes months to prosecute. If there are multiple counts available, the prosecutor should charge only the counts where the evidence of fraud is overwhelming. If the jury finds for the defendant, the prosecutor can charge the next count continuously until the statute of limitations runs. If all available are charged in one case, the prosecutor will offend the trial judge and the jury, as well as the defendant, who will then get mercy from the jury thinking he has been overcharged. Overcharging prosecution is as bad as not charging at all. Teeth must be put in the posters that say, Commit Insurance Fraud, Go to Jail. Departments of Insurance are receiving reports from insurers of thousands of potential fraudulent claims a month. The insurers do not have the staff, the ability, or the desire to investigate and prosecute every case brought to them. If only 5% of those claims are investigated and prosecuted to conviction, the deterrent effect will be enormous. And to get those 5% ready to be prosecuted, the Department of Insurance, the prosecutor's offices, the fraud bureaus and fraud divisions must conduct their own investigation and prepare a summary for the prosecutors that is easy for a prosecutor who knows nothing about insurance to prosecute. The Department of Insurance should also issue press releases concerning every arrest and conviction. Newspapers should report daily that insurance criminals have been arrested and are going to trial or were convicted and are going to jail. Jail sentences should be made mandatory 
and remove from local judges the right to grant convicted felons probation and restitution only. Sentences across the state must be consistent and true punishment. I have seen cases where after conviction, sentences that ranged from 24 hours to 24 years. Insurance fraud is, in most states, a felony that is subject to up to five years in prison. Wire fraud is the same. The difference is wire fraud is a federal offense where if sentenced to five years, the defendant will serve five years, while in state courts, if sentenced to five years, the defendant may serve five days. The state must aggressively and vigorously fight insurance fraud. Today, a person perpetrating an insurance fraud need only be concerned that an aggressive fraud investigation might delay or reduce the amount he might recover from his crime. Criminal prosecution for the crime of insurance fraud is so minuscule in relation to the amount of fraud as to be non-existent. It certainly does not act as a deterrent if such a small portion of insurance fraud perpetrators are actually tried and convicted. In conjunction with the formation of a special insurance fraud prosecution unit in the Attorney General's offices, the legislature should enact the following statutes. 1. As of the effective date of this statute, there is no tort of bad faith in this state. 2. Punitive damages may not be awarded in this state. 3. Any insurer that, without malice, reports to the Fraud Division Department of Insurance that it has rejected a claim because of fraud may not be sued in any court of this state for any tort cause of action. 4. This section is not intended to eliminate the right of any insured to sue its insurer for breach of the insurance contract. If the legislatures really want insurers to fight insurance fraud effectively, if the legislatures wish to keep strong and viable this important industry, if the legislatures want to reduce the insurance premiums paid by their constituents, they must make practical the war on insurance fraud. As long as the tort of bad faith and the exposure of punitive damages hangs over insurance companies, the war will be one of attrition where no one but the fraud perpetrators will win. I have written a book called Heads I Win, Tales You'll Lose, which is full of stories that show how insurance fraud is taking money out of the pockets of innocent and honest people who buy insurance. For every dollar taken by a fraud, an insurer must collect $2 in premiums. Every person in the U.S. who does not commit fraud is paying to support those who do. 
a minimum of $20 for every 100 every person insured pays in premiums goes into the pockets of insurance criminals. If the stories I wrote about successful and unsuccessful insurance fraud attempts make the reader angry, they should write to the local district attorneys, state's attorneys, attorney general, or U.S. attorney, and let them know that you as an insurance consumer are angry. If enough people complain, perhaps the prosecution levels will increase, and that the U.S. attorneys as well as the state's attorneys realize that money taken from an insurance company is just as evil as money taken from the U.S. government by defrauding Medicare or Medicare. Although each of the stories I wrote are based in fact, the names, locations, and facts of the claims have been changed to protect the guilty. And the book, of course, is a total work of fiction. This video was adapted from my book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, which is available as a Kindle book and as a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video of interest, please forward it to your colleagues. It's free. And please subscribe to my Rumble channel and my YouTube channel and to my blog so that you can learn about future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.